Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. Welcome to this week's episode. I, as always, am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. This week we'll be talking about Season 9, Episode 7, Your Retention, Please, and Season 9, Episode 8, Tell It to the Marines. Ah, Your Retention, Please. Max is handing out mail at the beginning and gets a letter for himself from Laverne, his ex-wife. And he thinks it's good news because she starts to tell him about Gus, who is his best friend. And he told Gus, well, Laverne and him are divorced because she married uh, not a butcher, somebody lower than a butcher. Well, it, yeah. Um, oh God, it, it was some meat thing. And he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a uh, sausage. Sausage king? I don't know. Sausage yeah. Guy. But so, yeah, something ranked lower on the Toledo social register. So, um, Gus, who was his best friend, he had written to and asked if he would, you know, find out more about the fighting that was going on between Laverne and the sausage guy. And just kind and of egg it on. Egg it on. But Gus ended up, apparently, getting on Laverne's good side because what Laverne was writing about is she's marrying Gus. Which put Klinger in one heck of a mood. Also, Winchester is in charge. Oh, no. Sorry. That's, no. <laughs> that's different. Anyway, uh, also, Winchester was was in OR, and the person assisting, who was a nurse, actually yeah. a registered nurse, but he was a private, was giving Winchester some direction, which did not sit well with Winchester. Because how could a lowly private be giving him direction? But this private actually worked with one of the more skilled surgeons on how not to scar um, after a surgery. So um, Potter told him to shut up and listen, and he did, and everything turned out great. Um, there was a gentleman there, Hutchkins, and he was... Oh, no, sorry, Huska. Hutchinson. Hutchins was the was the reg registered nurse, mm -hmm. um, but there was a gentleman there that was trying to get people re-enlisted. Sergeant Joe Vickers. Kind of a jerk because his only well, it was his job. It was his job. His job was to get people re-enlisted, no yeah. matter how he did it. Well, he talked Max into re-enlisting for six years, and we'll talk about that. And Zale. Rizzo. Rizzo. Rizzo and Zale to me are the same person. <laughs> he said Rizzo. He said Rizzo. I wrote down Zale. He said Rizzo. Uh, anyway, those were the two men he got to reenlist. Potter had to talk to the um, army surgeons about reenlisting. That didn't go well. Pierce was very negative. So, um, uh, and that's basically the the stories that were going on. So now we'll just talk in a little in depth. What do we have up here? I wanted to see what what exact sergeant rank uh, Vickers was. So I pulled up the rankings. Uh, he is a master sergeant. Since he had three of the stripes underneath. Oh, okay. Three above. 
three mm -hmm. chevrons above, three underneath. That makes him a master sergeant. So it's a pretty high enlisted rank. Um, E8. You know, and, and yeah. one of the things that got to me about this episode is we always talk about the... Um, uh, the you know the not fairness of women and oh yeah and yeah. and um this turns it on its head a little color, bit yes and there was uh, a young man who was a nurse but they wouldn't Hutchinson. recognize him as a nurse yeah he, because he was male he brings it up point so, blank you know they give him all the jobs of sweeping the floor you know well, he's all a the, he, he's a corpsman. He's, so, a, he's a sergeant. I mean, he's a senior enlisted man, but... Great at what he does, though. Knows his stuff, and he's bitter. Bitter to oh, the yeah. end. And I don't blame him, because women automatically become lieutenant, if I'm correct. Yeah. When yeah. they enlist and they're well, registered nurses, right. they automatically become lieutenant. Right. But if you're a man and a registered nurse, apparently you don't. No. Yeah. Well, at least... I hope you do now. I Yeah, I don't know if that's true or if that's just a mash thing but yeah you know it yeah he became a private he had a degree in nursing but he became a private which was really unfortunate yeah it was because he seemed he to was, really know his stuff oh yeah no, but no one wanted to listen to him and winchester wouldn't have if potter didn't make him listen yeah, no, the, the guy spoke up at the right time because Winchester was re was doing peripheral nerve surgery and um, the he, he was operating out of the book. Mm -hmm. But the book was written based on the surgery that Hutchinson had sat in on. He that he, that he was part of the surgical team. Not only just watched, because that came up. I'm not listening to somebody who had... Uh, viewing rights. Right. And he's, I was no, part I of the team for right. a year while this was being developed. So he wasn't just a nurse. He was a nurse who worked with surgeons on peripheral nerve surgery, which was a big deal in this episode. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's unfair. It was kind the of... The Army doesn't look at where your gifts are, I guess, is... The point, no matter what. But I, you have a lot of people to assign. But I, still, a registered nurse should be a registered nurse, male or female. I yeah, I don't know. You know, it could just be that. Um, you know, at the time, like nurses were women, and so if you're a woman and you have a nursing degree, great. Otherwise, if you're a surgeon, you're a surgeon. Otherwise, you're a corpsman. It could just be, you know, those were the buckets. Right, and um, maybe they didn't have the housing. To, yeah. Because he would be the, you know, it's rare to have a man that's a registered nurse. You couldn't put him in with the other nurses. Yeah. So he, And you're not going to give him his own tent. No. He could have been in, well, like when, when we played MASH, you know, you saw billeted officers' quarters. He could have gone into, like, the swamp, I guess. But, I'm, yeah, I'm just then guessing. Then he'd be in with surgeons. And, yeah, I'm just guessing that those were the buckets. Where, like, unless right. you're a doctor, you're a female nurse. Or you're a corpsman, and I'm guessing that those were the buckets. And they right. looked, and it's like, oh, you have a medical background. Oh, but in this corpsman bucket. But you're not a you're not a doctor. Yeah, corpsman. Um, I'm guessing that's what it was. And you look at the army today, at least. Um, if you flip that around, and say, well, you know, there's probably more equality, but women 
still, until just recently, haven't been able to go into combat roles. You know, that was literally in the past five years. Right. You know, so... Um, and women still can't be drafted. That's something that keeps getting brought up in the conversation, but 60 years later... Well, the draft is not really here anyway, so, I mean, like, you have to sign up for it, but... Yeah. They're, they're, they don't go out and draft you. No, Like, the but, old days with my, when my brother... Yeah, but I still had to sign up. Yeah. And I could have been drafted. I was draft age when 9-11 happened. If something had happened, I could have been drafted. Yeah, so was that. Yeah, so. but just the, you know, just that thing that just knowing women that don't have to be. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of inequality out there in the armed forces 60 years after this is the point I'm bringing up. is All throughout the world. It's... But, you know, it, it's interesting to see them turn this on its head in a, in, in a sitcom about the 50s that was filmed in the 80s and we still see some of this stuff in 2017 right exactly it's it's something that isn't a fast a prejudice moving that is not going away no um but yeah i i thought it was a, this was a good episode overall um it was like you say uh sergeant master sergeant vickers this army retention officer did his job very well, but with um, but with, with no sense of regret over what he was doing, which but he shouldn't he, have been. I think, I think he truly believed what he was doing was oh, helping people to yeah. better themselves by taking on army lives. Absolutely. And because if it's for you, it's a wonderful thing. And you know, to be honest, when you're when you're trying to get people to re-up at a mash, that's not the worst job in the world. Right. Uh, compared to being a line. Oh, no uh, kidding. Uh, I wouldn't want to go up there to re-enlist. You know, that's, that would probably be a little bit of a harder sell for a private or a corporal. I don't know for sure, but, um, yeah, it, he, he enjoyed his job, it seemed, other than, you know. And hey. Dealing with maybe the drafty officers like Pierce and BJ and uh yeah they were just laughing Winchester where <laughs> this is Major Winchester oh Winchester you must be a career man <laughs> Winchester just guffawed uh, and like just didn't even excuse himself he just walked away from Vickers um but that was in the mess tent when uh when Hutchinson got all up in Vickers oh, face yes. about how sexist this and that's when we learned that situation. Because mm -hmm. he tried to get Hutchins to re-enlist. Mm -hmm. Well, that wasn't about to happen. Uh-uh. And he had wife and kids at home. And Did he? Yeah, he said, oh. why would I do that when I can go home to my wife and kids? Was that Igor? Oh. <laughs> Could have been. Oh, Igor in the, Igor in the Oak that, Club yes, when, when Vickers was saying, come on. And Igor said, now look. Why should I do that when I have a gorgeous and, gal to go home to, and, not to mention yes, wife that and was, kids? that was him. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I was pretty sure that was Igor. <laughs> Watch the episode. See what you think. Yeah. I'm wrong, but... Uh... <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like this episode for that and, and how it resolves, you know, with... um. <laughs> Clinger upping for six years. Oh, my God. 
Um, but Wait. Potter's outsmarts anyway. You know, yeah. people don't give Potter the credit he deserves no. because they just think, well, he's a career man. So, mm-hmm. you know, Hawkeye just assumed he was trying to get other people in also, which... Yeah, you know, it, but Potter understands. I, everybody should get that Potter understands both sides. Yes. Having been in as long as he does. But yeah, Klinger... Um, Klinger realizes what he did. He wants to take the oath to, to get in and get going. And then Hawkeye offers to write the letter to Laverne for for Klinger to help him get over Laverne and this loss. Because first, all his anger was towards Gus. And yeah. none of his anger went to Laverne. So I think it's a process you have to go through. Yeah, and it was great how Hawkeye phrased it. You know, it, you're... You're yelling at Gus, but you're crying for Laverne. Why don't Why don't you just talk to Laverne? And then, and then he, Klinger starts going, "Dear Laverne, dearest Laverne." And you have to thank you for your letter of October twenty fifth. I always enjoy hearing from you. No, no. <laughs> this... Because his letter to Gus started, "Dear scumbag." Yeah. No, no, Klinger. This is This is a letter of passion. It's not just regular correspondence. Talk talk from the heart. What do you want to say? Laverne, what you did was wrong. And it hurt. And I still love you. It wasn't right for you to do that. And he looks at Hawkeye. I have feelings, you know. Don't tell me. Tell Laverne. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, after that, then Klinger realizes, uh-oh. I made a mistake. All right. What did I do? Um, but I love what what oath did Potter have <laughs> Klinger take when Klinger was so insistent about taking the oath and be and, and reenlisting for six years? He gave him the oath of presidency. I, Max Klinger, <laughs> solemnly swear to uphold the office of soldier. <laughs> the soldier, Hawkeye said. What? Well, I, this I, doesn't sound like the oath I took. Well, that's because you've never been president or the presidency <laughs> so um and i love how both again i love it but when, uh, yeah go, go ahead you well, love it whenever the the two plots come together which they do at the end so yeah. before i get to that what... so clinger you know realizing he took the oath and then he changed his mind he didn't want to be in there because he talked to hawkeye he flew the coop mm-hmm. like clinger does but um Pierce and Potter realized it at the same time. They're both like, you left him in there thinking he still has six years? Yeah. Ah, uh-oh! <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then um, you know, we see the final scene. Or not the final, not the post-commercial one, yeah. but the, the, the final scene of the main show. And everybody's lined up, which again, it's a very small company when you look at them whenever they line up information. Um, but they call uh, Sergeant Hutchinson forward and officially, unofficially, <laughs> Margaret gives him her first lieutenant bars and for his remaining three weeks in the outfit makes him an honorary, unofficial first lieutenant. And then in, when uh, later when they're celebrating the Oak Club, you know, she says, anybody who says he's not a first lieutenant has to answer to me, which is awesome of Margaret. I think so, too. But when they're still in formation, right after... 
Hutchinson gets his first lieutenant virus. All of a sudden, in rides Klinger on Sophie. Sophie. And in the words of uh, Father Mulcahy, they're both naked. <laughs> Lord it, Godiva, someone yeah, said. That was Might me. Might have been you. That yeah. was me. Yeah, because, you know, it was Klinger was being lady. lady Godiva, but it was, you know. He had all important parts covered up with cotton. Yeah, like a... <laughs> Yeah, a, a bunch of cotton. I don't, I don't know what to call it, but a cotton wig. And <laughs> he says, "This is to show my unfitness for uh, the army. I demand that you discharge me." And Potter says, "Discharge you? You're going to be impeached." <laughs> um, because he took the oath of presidency, yeah. not the oath of soldier. Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, in in the old club after. You know, they're toasting uh, Sergeant First Lieutenant Hutchinson, and uh, Klinger's song comes on, his, his and Laverne's song on the jukebox. Which and, he listened to throughout this whole thing, feeling sorry for himself, because mm -hmm. that's what you do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he goes over, pulls up the jukebox, pulls out the record and smashes it any requests <laughs> it's my nickel so that was very fitting i thought to um what is a nickel no i'm you look like this it looks like this okay. you look like this right here this is a nickel see you can hear that's a nickel that's a dime and that's a penny he doesn't have any quarters i don't i put those in ryan's bank all right. Um, anything else about this episode? No, fun episode. Yeah, I thought so. Um, you get to see the inconsistencies of the army. Yeah. A few things, a few references worth noting here. Um, a few references. Meet Nero Wolf. When Klinger says, it's like Nero Wolf said, you can't go home again. 1936 film Meet Nero Wolf. Uh, your hit parade Hawkeye says that's enough from the hurt parade that's actually a, a, a reference back into uh, your hit or your hit parade which I think was the title of a mash episode as well but that was a TV series yeah your hit parade hmm. 1950 to 1959 okay and then also uh, Hawkeye reminds Klinger about the time he tried to fly out of camp on a hang glider he says flap your wings and get out but it was uh, like i think you referenced glider. yeah uh, a big bird a big red bird with fuzzy pink feet that goes back to um the season two episode eight trial of henry or trial of henry blake i love that episode where uh henry says that uh he might have made it if he had a better tailwind. <laughs> that you, the, the two big, as an aside, the two big times that Klinger tries to escape that I love the most are the hang glider, and then also there's an episode with Potter when uh, Radar's still around, and uh, the MPs bring him in and say he was trying to get down the river into the, to go down to the Sea of Japan, and Potter into the river to get away and Potter says Klinger you would have drowned and Klinger goes no chance sir I had it all figured out down the river into the sea of Japan and then the golden gates 
Oh no, he says that, and then Potter says, you would have drowned, and Klinger says, not a chance, sir! I had this! And he slams down this big rubber tube and pulls the inflate, yeah, and it's a big rubber raft, and it just pushes everyone over. Um, those are my two favorite. But anyway, yeah, big, big red bird with fuzzy pink feet. So they make a few references in this, which yeah. I mean, and all appropriate. Yeah. Uh, so, production code Z406. The writer was Eric Tarloff. Director was Charles S. Dubin. Original air date, January 5th, 1981. Alright. Next one? Right. That was a question. Oh, nope. answer one? is yes. right on. Number eight. <laughs> Next Tell one it to our, the Marines. Tell it to the Marines. Um... So basically, the A plot, I would say, is... No, okay, let me just preface this. Yeah. The the area where we live is largely Dutch settlement. <laughs> so, like, you have names like Vanderloop and Vandenhoven and... Van, Van Heiden. Just all Van these Wayland. things. Okay. Uh, Laura made the comment that at school, you had, like, A through... M, N through whatever, and then V. Had its own categories. And those were like the big divisions. You had V, just V, because of all the Vanden or Van. And we whatever's. were always told if it ain't Dutch, you ain't much. So, big Dutch uh, settlement. But anyway, the reason I bring that up is the A story was basically you have Private Joost van Lieder, who um, he came to America with his mom and uh his mom married an american but now his mom is and uh stepfather got divorced uh he was like a naturalized citizen she was not but because she got divorced she was facing deportation and she would be deported um a few days before yost was discharged so he was hoping to get out a week early so he could go and say goodbye to his mom because he might never be able to afford to go back to Holland to see her. And the reason I bring up the whole Dutch thing is because <laughs> we hear his name first and then like half a scene later we find out that he's Dutch. But his name is Jos van Lieder. And it's like, oh, he's Dutch. Yes. <laughs> and then half a scene later, he's Dutch. Yeah, we knew that. Moving on. <laughs> because it's a Dutch area. Anyway, funny to those of us in the area. Or at least to me. And um, he's in the Marines. His commander, Lieutenant Colonel Mulholland. Mulholland, Dutch. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, said he's not getting out early. He's an able-bodied Marine. He's going to serve his time. This is what Marines do. And, yeah. He got a purple heart. That's what Marines are supposed to do, Captain. No bleeding heart surgeon is going to change that. And so uh, it's this thing between Hawkeye and the, the Lieutenant Colonel Mulholland at that point to, um, you know, try and get Yost out early or keep him in. The B plot is that Colonel Potter has to go off to a, um, like, CO's meeting. And instead of leaving Hawkeye in charge this time, he actually follows... The chain of command and leaves Winchester in charge. Well, Winchester suddenly discovers that if he pays Klinger enough, he might be able to use Klinger's scrounging abilities to his own benefit 
and get a few things of necessity for civilized life, like silk sheets and the complete works of Wagner and all these other things. So that's what Klinger is doing. Anchovies. That's what Klinger is doing most of these. Most most of the episode is trying to scrounge for Major Winchester, and it's great because after a, a few scenes, you end up seeing Klinger with basically just a guest check book, and every time he every time he does something special for Major Winchester, he says, "And sign here, sir," and then here's your copy of the receipt, because uh, Hawkeye actually asks Klinger in the episode, "Hey." You didn't like the idea of Winchester being in charge any more than we did. How much is he paying you? Ooh, a bundle. Oh, yeah. Bundle. <laughs> so, uh, but those are the two competing plot lines. And sometimes uh, they overlap a little bit just because Hawkeye tries to get something done, but Klinger's concern is only Winchester. Well, because he's getting paid a bundle. Bundle. <laughs> but, um... The, up front, the thing I didn't like about this episode, and I've made this complaint previous times, is that Hawkeye, in this episode, just seems to go from um, normal Hawkeye to just irrationally pissed whenever he has to ask Winchester for something. There's no in-between. He goes from, hey, Klinger, we need this, and then Klinger, you know, kind of says, well, the, the Major would have to okay that, and he just gets like, Hawkeye gets super mad at Major Winchester right away. It's just, you do it or else I will pull out every hair on your body. I don't, I don't Where get that. Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. What, what's the buildup? Did we miss something? Um, but past that, I like the episode. It's very interesting. Um, Hawkeye, to try and help Van Leder, uh, writes up an article and tries to get it submitted to Stars and Stripes, but... Stars and Stripes being an army or a, a military publication, they check it with Colonel Mulholland first. Not one, not thing one you can do about it. Yeah, he says there's no way you're getting Van Leader out early, and there's nothing you can do. And now I'm going to make his life miserable for yeah. the weeks that he does have left. Yeah, the article's not going to run, nothing that can do. Well, then BJ points out to Hawkeye, hey... There's the press train at Moonsan. Moonsan? I wrote it down. I didn't, so... Mulholland. Moonsan. And, you know, maybe we could go there and get the article published through the civilian press, which they do! And then Stars and Stripes picks it up. And um, then it gets published all along the West Coast because that's where... Ben Leader is from up in Portland, Portland, Oregon. And a great thing happens. Um, the Dutch Consul General in San Francisco ends up hiring Van Leader's mother on as a secretary, so she now has diplomatic immunity and can't be deported. That is so smart. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then, you know, when that runs, before they find out that she's been hired on, uh, the the colonel comes down with his two, I believe they Global. they referred to the MPs that he brings along as, um, oh, what did they call them? The big trees that grow in California. Oh. Yeah. Redwoods? Yeah, the, the two redwoods. The two redwoods. Because at one point, 
they come in to arrest Captain Pierce and take him back to Mulholland. And uh, uh, it's in the swamp. BJ's laying down. Hawkeye's laying down. Charles walks in and asks, what are these two behemoths doing? And BJ <laughs> says, whatever they want, Charles. Because they're very intimidating. Um, which MPs tend to be, but these are marine they, yeah. MPs. And... Yeah, I would be intimidated by them too. Well, they came and took Hawkeye to him rather to than him coming there. So I was surprised that Mulholland actually came at the end because he's used to sending his stooges. Yeah, to well, do his and, dirty work. And I think part of that was probably just the scenery because then Mulholland was was saying, like you said, we're gonna make his life miserable. And uh, Pierce made the comment, "Oh, well, Yost just came down with the twenty-one day, day flu, flu huh? so we're gonna have to keep him." And Mulholland starts giving him uh, uh, crap about that. And Colonel Potter is back at this point and says, Oh, I don't think so. My, My bird says otherwise. Because, again, it's Lieutenant Colonel Mulholland. Right. But even if it wasn't, um, keeping in mind what I read in Mashed, which I pointed out uh, during our episodes, the doctors have say over their patients so there's i don't think there's a lot that mulholland could have done you know you you actually see that in uh star trek the the chief medical officer on the starship always can overrule oh really even a commanding officer and um i know a roommate of mine in college he actually was in iraq during the operation iraqi freedom and a lot of guys were just going down from heat fatigue or heat, heat oh, exhaustion. Yeah. And finally, at one point, the the chief medic with the unit said to their commanding officer, this unit is combat ineffective. And so they had to get offline to recover because so many guys were going down. So thankfully, there is that. But again, to point out, you know, you see Colonel Potter supposedly pulling rank. Well... Mulholland wasn't under the command structure that Colonel Potter was. He wasn't under Colonel Potter. They're from different branches of the military. However, Colonel Potter was reinforcing Hawkeye's diagnosis. It was a medical diagnosis, so it probably would have... I'm guessing it would have carried weight because of that. (laughs) But, yeah. Um, So if they did save him, he gets to see his mother... Because she's going to stay in the country and all is right with the world. Oh, and my favorite part. Now, (gasps) to rewind just a little bit, when Colonel Potter comes back, Charles is in the CO's office. He's blaring Wagner. Yes. And then uh, Klinger is pressing his pants and shirt because I'm getting paid a bundle. (laughs) Um, And Potter comes back in and sees this. And... uh, Says, he, Give me those pants. Yeah, takes the pants, takes the shirt, goes into his office, and is starting to dress Winchester from behind. Winchester digs his own hole, talking about Colonel Clippity Clop. <laughs> and um, Potter basically just dresses him down a little bit and makes him walk back to the swamp without his pants. Well, at the end of the episode, um, Klinger comes in saying about how. Oh, horrors of horrors, sirs. Because remember Voss's mother, so, you know, yeah, my, is going to use that. Yeah, my mother 
is getting a divorce from my father and now she's being deported back to Lebanon and I need to go home. And um, I think Hawkeye said, Klinger, not this. I can't stand the laughing. And uh, Potter says, now wait. If the boy wants to apply for a hardship discharge, we'll let him. Company clerk. Yeah, boy. Boy. <laughs> and Major Winchester comes in from the company clerk's office. <laughs> I think he said something like, you rang. <laughs> so, yes, you don't mess with Colonel Potter. That's no. what he said. Colonel Potter does not use his force a lot, but when he does... He knows how to leverage it. He knows it. how exactly yeah. to leverage it. That's it, a perfect way to say it. Yeah. So, again, my main criticism of this episode was Hawkeye okay. and just how he reacted to Winchester. Uh, Winchester, I think, was portrayed very well in um, how he would actually be in command. You know, it's just like... Maybe there was some jealousy there because ha or Pierce is usually... Not that Pierce likes to be in... <laughs> command but do you know sometimes when you don't really want something you still don't want someone else to have it yeah maybe so you know it might have been in character because there could have been some subliminal um jealousy there i i, I guess i just always attributed it to bad writing uh, but I, yeah, I thought this was very in character for Winchester at this point in the series where he doesn't yeah he doesn't care too much but if he's in this position, I think he says it in the episode, it. it's like, if I'm in charge, why shouldn't I use the resources at my disposal to get, in his terms, the necessities of civilized life? I don't know that silk sheets are a necessity of civilized <laughs> life. Whatever. I wouldn't want to sleep in silk sheets. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Slip out. <laughs> what was Winchester's excuse? A Winchester is not meant to touch mattress buttons. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, then he needs a mattress cover, not silk sheets. Well, he probably got one of those, too. Well, that's true. Um, BJ was in character. I think Potter... I guess I can see Potter getting a little snappy when he comes back. But like I say, I, with the exception of how you put it, you know, that it was a... a a subconscious thing with right. Hawkeye. Because he did seem to blow up at Winchester. He did. And I, I really didn't think that that was in character. The rest of the episode, he was in character. You know, um, helping Van Leder and how he reacted with BJ and everything else. Except when he interacted with Winchester, I felt everything was very in character for him. And also, it, it's just a very poignant episode at this exact moment in our nation's history mm. to hear about leader's mom being deported because she was no longer married uh, yeah you hear a lot of deportation stories yeah ice is really going after immigrants a lot including ones that have um like the dreamers who have uh what is it deferred american citizenship act or whatever you know where they where they can where they're technically legal but it's kind of like if you don't have your documentation on you you can't prove it get in the back home. of the truck but very poignant anyway um like i say i i i like the episodes other than the second one with hawkeye blowing up um yeah 
good you know follow them let us know what you think where where's your head with this right now yeah you know let's wrap Hawkeye, up how do you feel about <laughs> what we're saying Hawkeye. yeah because Hawkeye's i want us to fictional. come okay benjamin uh, mom um guys a fictional I, character well you know what i mean <laughs> Alan Alda, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> so, uh, to wrap up this episode, though, Margaret. Uh, Klinger refers, in the episode, Klinger refers to Winchester as Major Domo. This is a reference to a Major Domo, a long-standing title, especially in Europe. Major Domo is responsible for the management of householder business. Um, tell it to Marines, also based on the phrase, tell it to the Marines, originally with reference to Britain's Royal Marines, hmm. meaning that the person addressed is not to be believed. Tell it to the Marines because the sailors won't believe you. Yeah. That helps. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what else did I see? Uh, I think that was it. I'm actually, in, in these latter seasons I'm actually referencing information off of IMDB for some of these episodes which is nice because like the the mash wiki doesn't like it has a good summary but it doesn't have all of the facts yeah, such as facts. IMBD does um, anyway production code Z410 writer was Hank Bradford Director was Harry Morgan. Oh, you were kind of thinking Hawkeye. Maybe. Yeah, no. Original air date January twelfth, nineteen eighty-one. Uh, guest stars. I didn't Seems do. Seems like we jumped from seventy-nine to eighty-one. I'm sure we didn't, but just no. that way. No, we <laughs> didn't. There were there were eighties in there. Okay. I don't know that I did uh, guest stars recurring cast. In your retention, please. We had. Barry Corbin as Sergeant Joe Vickers. We had Sam Wiseman as Sergeant Barry Hutchinson. Jeff Maxwell, obviously, as Igor Straminski. And uncredited appearances by Kelly Nakahara, Joanne Thompson, and Jennifer Davis. In Tout to the Marines, we had Michael McGuire as Colonel Mulholland. Stan Wells as Private Joost van Leder. James Gallery as Murray Thompson. Dennis Miller as the MP that spoke. The tree? The tree <laughs> and we had kelly nakahara and shari saba in uncredited appearances all right uh that's it for this week thank you very much for tuning in uh again this week uh shout out to brandon young thank you for leaving a comment on our most recent post our most recent episode post out on facebook if you want to connect with us and let us know what you think of our episodes uh or my uh horrible winchester <laughs> imitation which i promise i will working. try to work on in the next uh, two seasons that we'll be watching again i can actually do a decent kennedy but the, the winchester bostonian accent is not a kennedy bostonian accent they're different um his is upper class. Oh, well, that was <laughs> that bad. Was, I don't know. Sorry, what, I don't know what that was. I either. mean, no offense. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't either. It almost I don't sounded know, a little bit I don't, more. I don't know Asian. what that was. I, I think that was. I think that was some kind of. Like, In my head, it was going Austrian, to come out correctly. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Yeah. Have to work. Yeah. Um, but if you want to let us know what you think. Uh, you can head over to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. 
go to the podcast link, go to the Whiskey and Mash page. There on the page, there are links. One is to our Facebook page where you can connect with us, follow the page, and anytime that we put out a new podcast episode, I tend to copy over the information there so you can see that it's released. That, pardon me, that way, if you don't do the podcast thing, you can head over to our website from there and either stream or download the MP3 version of the episode. Also over there on our website are all the MP3s of all of our back episodes. You can stream or download any of those. Also on that Narclan Inc. page, I know watch. I will get up and get moving soon. I know. My watch yells at me. Um, you need to get moving. Don't tell me what to do. Anyway. Sorry, that's the one that bugs me on my watch. Oh, I don't get that. Um, anyway, the other way to connect with us over there on our web page is also a, an email link. So you can email us right here at the podcast. We haven't really seen any of those come across. We've gotten messages through Facebook, which is a great way to connect with us and let us know what you think of the episode, any critiques. If you caught anything that we didn't or if we said something that you noticed wasn't quite true we would love to hear from you uh also definitely like gloria was saying anybody who actually worked on mash we would love to hear from you um we can skype you in if you'd be willing to we will work around your schedule we would love to actually hear from people who were there on set guest stars regular stars anything um if you really enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes uh, including, you know, our couple weeks worth of uh, roleplay game where we, where we uh, used the MASH roleplay game system to actually put ourselves in the 8099th fictional MASH unit and see what it was like there for a couple of days, uh, which is on the website. If you enjoyed any of that and you would like to support us, best way to do that, Share our podcast with a friend, a family member, a co-worker. Point them to our website. Point them to our Facebook page. Point them over to Stitcher Radio and search for Whiskey and Mash. We're over there, too, because really we're just trying to grow a listener base. That's the best way that you can help us. I think that's my normal spiel. Yeah, that's all I did. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for tuning in. We hope you tune in again next week. Mother's Day weekend. It is. Oh, yes. I need to send out cards. <laughs> In the meantime, I'm Chris. I'm Gloria, and have, have a, a great, great week. week. There we go. Yeah, I am going to Annigal. Oh, really? So, Saturday and Sunday. Oh. We should be back. <laughs> we'll find out. You guys staying all here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sleepovers See everyone, thanks for tuning in. We'll not see you. See ya. Here we, we, we have yeah, we have we have the, the voice cameras. Bye. <laughs>